Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Wednesday, February 2nd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is telling you to bundle up, kids. It's cold outside. (laughs) No joke. Happy Groundhog Day. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. There you'll find some Flyers news and info about all of our episodes. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with the lovely and talented Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk about last night's Flyers victory over the Winnipeg Jets. I could get used to saying those words. (laughs) And then we'll get into the NHL's new COVID regulations, touch on what the Flyers are doing for Black History Month, and then answer some mailbag questions. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. And not much to report pregame. There had been a question if Morgan Frost was going to play. He had been under the weather in a non-COVID way and uh, he was good to go. So that's how it started and (laughs) did not start well, though, I must say, (laughs) giving up an early goal. No, it didn't. But and and the first period wasn't great, but they did grind it out. And and both teams, you know, were playing that style and both goalies were were locked in for a while. So it was um, it was interesting to see the Flyers could could actually grind it out for a full 60 and pull out a win, uh, maybe not a full 60, we'll say 40, um, but <laughs> but they did, and and that part worked really well because, like, you know, Carter Hart saved their bacon, there's no question about it, but because he did, the team responded. A lot of times when Hart's done that this year, the team hasn't responded, so that's a positive. Yeah, you are spot on with that. I think that it was a pretty even game. There were periods where each team kind of dominated possession and and had some chances. The shots were pretty even on goal by the end of it. I think it was 36 to 33 in favor of the Flyers. Both goalies made some excellent saves. And I think you're right that the difference here was that Carter Hart made a ton of saves and then the Flyers actually responded in the third period and especially late in the third period where the Flyers just went that extra mile. They were blocking shots. They were creating additional chances. And it was just it was so nice to see, I have to say, because you're right. It's not something that they've done a lot of this season. No, a win before the break's a big deal. I mean, I was in the Winnipeg room and they were um, they wanted at least a point. They were really upset. Um, Their GM, Kevin Shevardayoff, was in the elevator. He never looked up. He was upset. He usually is saying hi to everybody and nothing. Uh, It's a tough way for them because they've had like games and then nothing and then games and then nothing and players they had a lot of players out if you remember you know flyers went through that too but they went through this recently and so like an example like joss morrissey really good defenseman for them had a good game that was his first game back in yep. a while and, and he had a workout at home 
And he's like, you know, I played a game or two and I'd have a week off, play a game or two, have a week off. And now the same thing's going to happen. Like, this is just a tough season for anybody. So it's an empty feeling for the other team to leave here, know that they're going on the break and they lost this game. So that's that's where the Flyers have a good feeling. Yes. And I think that another thing that they improved on a lot in this game was getting higher quality shots. They were up 22 to 7 in high danger chances for in this game. If you look at the heat map, there's a giant red blob in front of the Winnipeg net. And that's exactly what you want to see. And then, of course, you have the two on one with Scott Lawton and JVR that worked exactly the way it was supposed to. And JVR did exactly what the Flyers pay him to do. And that is also wonderful to see. Yeah, that part worked out. And and look, Travis Konecki scored a goal, but there was a lot of bad plays by him in, in the defensive zone and the offensive zone. There's a video out there of him just sort of giving up on a puck uh, rather than trying to keep it in. So hopefully he can get his head on straight. After the goal, he played a little better. At least he was sort of getting feisty again. So his he, he's got some real ups and downs this year. But but the team really played well or well enough. Uh, Risto had a good game. I felt like he was laying some big hits in, um, in the defensive zone. And when he gets the puck on his stick, because he's got such a long reach, he's able to get it around the boards pretty quickly and out. And that helped. So I'm, I didn't check the minutes on him, but I think he got a good share of minutes there. And so that's, you know, again, you know, he probably is the Flyers' best defenseman in the last month. And he had another good game. So that was important. I mean, they got, they got just enough and everything was right. But even the Jets saw it like it's a 1-1 game. It could have gone either way. Like we all know that. Sure. And I think, again, the big difference in terms of the downside of things was the Flyers' power play. Again, just uh, atrocious with no power play goals on four chances in the game. And they gave up one power play by, I think it was JVR took a penalty almost immediately after a Flyers power play started. Horrible penalty in the, in the yeah. offensive zone. Just a lazy penalty. Yeah, but again, the resiliency was there, so that's good to see and that they were able to overcome that. I think in games earlier in you know the terrible streak, there's no way they would have overcome that poor of a performance on the power play, but they managed it this time. And I think you know the aggressiveness overall, like I said, in the third period especially, was really what helped them uh, blocking shots like crazy. Uh, Provy, Lindblom, and Lawton all had three block shots in the game. Yeah, Limblom and Lawton had really good games. There's no question about it. And it was nice to see Limblom get rewarded with the empty netter at the end. So that's, you know, that's where the good hard work paid off. And and, and, and Lawton, for the most part, has been one of the Flyers that's been really good this year. So it's not at least this game wasn't just Giroux or it wasn't just Atkinson. They, they had a little bit more secondary scoring and, you know, you get a winner as, as a result. Yeah, and I also want to talk about after the Flyers got that go-ahead goal because I think that another thing they did well was play defensively at the tail end of the game, but not in a panic mode. I, I did not feel like they turtled at all. No, they didn't. They they definitely limited chances. They did keep it to the outside. They were able to get some possession on the puck because that that took a while for in that game to sort of be able to do that and they were able to get the puck out so 
they did win some battles that way. And that was a big deal because they were losing battles probably for a couple of periods, not all the battles, but a fair share. Right. And so you're right that that really um, was that came at the right time. But I do feel like Hart did give them the um, the momentum and, and just the, uh, hey, we got to win this game for this guy because there were so many high danger shots. There was one uh, save that he made that was up around his shoulder, may have hit his chin. A couple of really good holds on the post. Uh, one where he was at the far end for where the press box is. I guess that was the second period. Made another big one. So he, he probably made four or five really big saves in this game. Yeah, he did. And like you said, it's difficult to go into a break when you're just getting your momentum back. But I still think it was good for them to win anyway. And, you know, to go into the break when the players are trying to reset and relax a little bit to do that off of a win it is really good, I think, because they'll go into it with the right mindset. Yeah, no question. Always better to win. And, and especially with the break, I mean, they'll get at it again next week. And this is good. They can sort of reset. And, you know, maybe they'll get on a little roll. We'll see. Here is hoping. Well, we'll be talking a little bit about the Flyers Black History Month stuff, as well as the NHL's new COVID policy and some mailbag questions coming up next. If you're trying to get fit or eat healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And got to be honest, I think sometimes it's even better than candy. Built Bar makes it so easy to stick to your plan because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it unlike other protein bars, which sometimes can be chalky or waxy or taste like chemicals. You want to eat healthy, but sometimes it gets so boring. But Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Your typical Built Bar has 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And there's so many flavors to choose from. They've got coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, salted caramel, and so many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com to see what's new. And while you're there, go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. Uh, We also got on the network Locked On NHL with Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NHL every weekday. And I am the co-host of the Friday show. So uh, check us out. And uh, it's free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. All right, Russ. So the COVID regulations have been updated in the NHL for post All-Star break. And, you know, there's some interesting elements to it. I will say, you know, as of recording, there are only eight players in the COVID protocol across the whole league, which is a lot less than there were. You used to have to scroll through pages of them on some of the lists. And to only have eight is a really promising sign. So, I know I'm I'm really happy on that front. So they decided to relax some of the temporary re- regulations they put into place uh, during the holiday season 
I think some of them are really good. I have questions about others, but, you know, they did add the recommendation that all the players get boosters as they become available and, you know, six months after their second shot, but they're still considering everybody fully vaccinated if they've gotten their two shots. Yeah, I have a problem with that one. Why is it so hard for everybody to go get the booster too? Like, is this a thing now? It seems like it is because I remember talking about it a couple months ago and we only heard, you know, some players talking about getting it. It seems like a lot of them just abandoned it because they were like, oh, I got COVID. So I guess what's the point of getting the booster? And it's like, you still need it. And I, I feel like the NHL buckled under for this one to the players. I do. I agree with you. I just also think that they're probably concerned about getting the you know, potential side effects and the timing for a lot of them would be in March when the schedule is really heavy. And so I think honestly, that's what they're thinking about is not wanting to have to sit out because, you know, they're getting the chills from from the booster shot. Okay, I mean, how about this? You have two weeks, a lot of teams have two weeks off or close to it at the All-Star break. Most everybody can get it then. I don't know. I mean, maybe some of them can. And they should if they can. Everybody but... can. Everybody can. I, I Give me a scenario where you can't. If they got their second shot in September and you have to wait six months, that's March. Do you have to wait six months? I, mm-hmm. I don't think I waited six months. Okay. I mean, I did. So. All right. I do think that if the timing is bad, maybe that's a consideration. Uh, they they are updating the mask recommendation, just like with everybody else, that people use, you know, KN95s, N95s. There's also the Korean option. I think it's the 94, K94, something like that, but uh, not using the cloth masks anymore. And then I think, you know, the biggest changes to all of this are related to getting out of isolation and removing requirements to test daily and only doing four cause testing for fully vaccinated individuals. No, I mean, that's fine. I mean, until there's the next outbreak, this will work fine. But no, the N95s are definitely the best. Like the seal on those are amazing. Yeah. So I, I want to talk a little bit more about the asymptomatic leaving isolation. So if a player or anybody in the, you know, traveling group for a team uh, test positive, but they're asymptomatic, um, or they're they're symptomatic, but their symptoms go away after five days, then they can end their isolation and that they have a 90-day testing holiday. So they don't have to get PCR tests for 90 days. They only have to do rapid tests. Okay. I mean... I guess that makes sense, although the rapid ones still, aren't they only like 70% good, though? Like, accurate? No, it's just for different phases. So, like, okay. rapid tests are, well, if you're positive, like, after your symptoms show up or a couple days after you're infectious, then the rapid test will show up. PCR tests are just more sensitive. So okay. they'll show up earlier than a rapid test and it'll show up as positive um, later than maybe a rapid test would. But you're not infectious at that point, which is why okay. if you switch to rapid tests at a certain point for the ant- the antigen test. Look at me. I'm learning medical things in this pandemic. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> and I imagine from a leak standpoint, the, the rapid test yeah. is cheaper 
than the PCR. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The PCR was expensive. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is good overall. I I worry a little bit about uh, some of the more relaxed allowances in terms of players being allowed to participate in like autograph sessions and community events and stuff like that. Um, There are some strict rules about masking and distancing, but you know, you never know if those can like be held or be enforced. So, um, but you know, we'll see what goes with that. Well, I mean, as an example, so the All-Star Game, there's going to be two outdoor events. How far away will those players be from just looky-loos? Because it's a free mm-hmm. event. I right. wonder. My understanding is that they are trying to maintain a 12-foot barrier. We'll see this weekend. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm just asking you ahead of time. Do you think that's possible? I've been on the Strip. It's not as wide as you think it is. Now, the in, you know, as far as the Bellagio Fountains, I've, I've been there too. And... I don't know if they're whole, if they're going to have that 12 foot thing, then they're going to be pushing fans way, way back. And I don't know, like, uh, it seems problematic. I'd be surprised if they can keep up 12. We'll take a look at it and uh, we'll be previewing uh, you're, the you're All-Star not even... weekend. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know okay. what these plans are. So I, I don't want to speak to it until I, I see how they're going to lay it out. I, I've briefly read on what those events are going to be, so... Um, you know, when we talk more about the All-Star Game later this week, we'll uh, hopefully have some more of that information. Also want to touch on what uh, the league and the Flyers are doing for Black History Month. And as we saw uh, last night, the Flyers had Anya Lachelle, who hosts uh, Philly Live on Channel 10, uh, in the pregame, and uh, Dr. Ayla Stanford, who founded the Black Doctors COVID-19 Consortium, dropped the puck. So that's pretty cool. And, that is. Um, the players are participating in the Hockey Diversity Alliance's Tape Out Hate campaign. We've talked about that on the show before. So they'll have uh, the tape on their sticks which is uh which is nice to see and as we know wayne simmons some of their old teammates is part of the hockey diversity alliance so good Mm -hmm. to see them being able to to support that and they're also later in the month for the february 21st game are going to bring the uh, black hockey history mobile museum to wells fargo center and it's such a great exhibit i've seen it before as yeah, it's toured, and they've added to it uh, over the last several years uh, with exhibits of you know all the black players and NHL history and all the milestones. They also have women's hockey players in it as well, uh, including Soraya Tinker, I think, oh, that's and great. Sarah Nurse, um, and uh, several others. So it's a really great exhibit. If you're going to that game, I highly recommend you take a walk through. Yeah, I, I will. I, I have to ask about the uh, the drum part. I feel like having watched this the entire season, I don't know if people are getting to practice or not. Like people get to practice when they're throwing out the first pitch in baseball. And mm-hmm. the drum thing, I feel like you should get a little, a few seconds to practice before they put you on camera because you kind of have to feel the beat. If you go into that not really feeling the beat 
and the crowd's not helping you a lot, you get some poor performances. I've seen some poor performances that I feel like could be better if people could practice a little. I don't know if they're getting that practice. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. I have no concept of how the sound versus what you hear versus yeah. you know what you're seeing on the screen, if that throws you off. If somebody's like looking at themselves on the screen, which is delayed, uh, I think true. that could have something to do with it. It could, yeah. Okay, fair point. All right. Well, we have some mailbag questions coming up. I think one of them involves gambling, but uh, we'll do that after we talk about our good friends at Bet Online. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Oh, that's fun. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. So before we get to our official questions, it is Groundhog Day. We talked about that at the top of the show. Is this something you believe in, Russ? Okay. So my quick little Groundhog Day thing is it's my mom's birthday. So it's always been a thing in my family as a result. Do I believe in it? I don't know. But we always talk about it because it's my mom's birthday. And sometimes you want to talk about having an early spring. So it's a nice thing. Uh Although it's canceled this year because the groundhog mm-hmm. passed away and he was six or Not seven the years old. the Pugsitani one. No, no, no. It's Milltown. Uh, is it Milltown Mel? I think it's Milltown Mel. And and he passed. Okay. So, like, so they now have... Minor league groundhog. Well, he's not minor league. I mean, he's the guy. I mean, the, the problem is, and they looked around and they couldn't find a backup. So whatever you think of the situation... Oh, Groundhog Day is going to be a little different this year, folks. All right. Yeah, I'm not sure I believe in it either because, you know, sometimes you get an early spring, but it's a tease and then you get a snowstorm afterwards. And so does that count as an early spring? I don't know. I am a huge fan of the film and I'm a huge fan of the Broadway musical, which was robbed of Tony Awards. And I will never shut up about that because of the juggernaut that was Dear Evan Hansen, which is not as good as people said it was at the time. And Andy Carl deserves a Tony Award. I'm just going to say that, put that out there. All right. I was going to say what I like best about the film when it's like the seventh or eighth time and Bill Murray just starts going off script and punching the guy that pops up each time bing you know that guy he punches him in the face he gets hit by a truck i i love all that Ned That's, you know oh yeah 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 and when um andy mcdowell says why are you eating all that are you not worried about cholesterol and he's like what and he's got that look <laughs> on his face that's great so many good moments in that film all right getting to our flyers questions without kevin hayes and sean couturier who are your ideal centers to play out the season well i I guess I'm going to put Derek Broussard in the mix. I'm going to put Giroux there for a little while. I'm going to put Lawton in there. I would like to see Bunneman in there, but I don't think we're going to get to see Bunneman in there. And then there's probably somebody else I'm leaving out. But but, but those are, those are the ones I would focus on. Uh, I really would focus on having... Um, 
I, I, oh, I guess it would be Jackson Cates, but I really, I, I think um, Butterman's further along than Jackson Cates. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I might, you know, keep Frost in there as well. In the I don't mix. know if I want him at center now. You know, I'm thinking about it. You keeping him at the wing? Keeping him at the wing. Yeah, I just want to get some offense out of him. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would hope that when Broussard came in, they could maybe then rotate Giroux back out to the wing. But I don't know that that's going to happen either. Yeah, I agree. All right. Next question. On yesterday's show, you said Ian LaPerriere had saved his job for next season with the Phantoms. But do you think he should keep the job? Hmm. Did I say that? No, I did. Um, you did. At this point, I do think he should keep the job. I think he should at least start next season. I think he's earned the ability to do that and and see where it goes from there. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree with you. I just this season started <laughs> off so poorly, and I just thought, I oh, know. he's he's lost. He's a lost child in the woods, but he has gotten it together. I think he's had some good things to say, where I think he understands what's happening and has solutions to them. Even if the team doesn't execute all the time, he knows you know what the problem spots are. And I think as long as there's really good communication between him and the flyer side of things, um, you know, we've been talking about Danny Breer kind of moving up and helping general manage that group, which should help increase that communication and just make sure the team's being managed properly. I think he could continue to grow in that coaching position. Yep. Me too. All right, next question. For the All-Star break, who do you think winds up going on a tropical vacation and we see their photos on Instagram? That's a good question because the, the ones with kids won't. I know. I would have said JVR, but they just had another kid. Yeah, I'm going to say Scott Lawton. Yeah, that might be might be a good option. I think um, I definitely think the defensemen are getting out of Dodge, like the younger defensemen. <laughs> so like Risto's yeah, but going Risto... on vacation. He'll go on vacation, but I don't know. I could see him going cold weather. Oh, yeah? Like a little mountain cabin? Mountain cabin or even just going back to Buffalo. Fair enough. All right, next question. Do the Flyers have interest in Jacob Chikrin? I think everybody is interested in him, and we know his dad played for the Flyers. But the package that they're asking, I think, is going to be too rich for uh, Chuck to be able to do. But you could fit him under the cap. His salary is not bad. But I, I just think the... The package of assets might be too much. Yeah, they were asking for a first um, uh, prospect and a real player, right? Yeah, and all of them should have first-round value. Like, they should either Mm -hmm. have been first-round picks or be considered a first-round talent. Yeah, I just don't know that the Flyers can give that up for somebody that— I mean, Jacob Chicken is an excellent player, but it's not a guarantee by any stretch. No, but he's really good. He does look. He does have some injury issues too. Occasionally, nothing yeah. that's been horrific. But but he's you know he's lost some time. He has. He has for sure. Yeah, I just don't see it being a good fit in in terms of what the Flyers have available right now. All right, last question. The big trade rumors around Claude Giroux have focused I think primarily on the Colorado Avalanche do you think that's the team he would end up going to I think that's the team with the best chance they have the right assets they've got young players like Bowen Byram and Alex Newhook and and a lot of other talent they've got picks 
They've got cap space in case, you know, the Flyers wanted to put somebody there that may be in the deal, like JVR or something. So I do think they're an option. I, I think they might be the best option. And Dallas has scouted the Flyers almost as much. I think it's between those two. But I look, there's going to be a lot of teams calling. Yeah, I wonder if Minnesota is an option as well. You know, I, I'm sure Bill Guerin likes them. We had to, you know... GM against him enough, so I do think there's a chance. Well, I hope Claude Giroux makes it to the thousand games with the Flyers, but it's after the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah. How many? So <laughs> we have to do the math on that. I I do think that the Avs are the best option in terms of what we could get on the return. So I'm with you there. All right, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. The NHL, as we've been talking about a little bit, is uh, ramping up for the All-Star break, and they put together a highlight video of the breakaway challenge shots that have been done uh, over the last several years. They did away with the contest the last couple of years, but they're bringing it back, and it's one of my favorite parts of the All-Star game. And there's some good highlights in there from Flyers All-Stars, my favorite of which is when... Uh, Jake Voracek was uh, mimicking, I forget who it was on Columbus, who did like a holding a little kid taking a shot. Oh, yeah. and, then, and then Jake Voracek mimicked it with Johnny Goudreau as the little kid. Yes. And it was the funniest thing. Yeah, I think I was at that All-Star game, and I'm pretty sure I was at the one where Ovi wore the cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the guys get to really be themselves for this. And I do think the individuality that we don't get to see a lot of times in the NHL does shine through in that, which is nice. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We're going to talk more about the All-Star game. We're going to do a prospect profile on Cole Knubel, son of Mike Knubel. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers, or you can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.